You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, good morning. I'm Bar Gregory along with Charlie Winfield, and we are in the Farm Bureau studios this morning here in downtown Startwell. The Farm Bureau Studios. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Tremendous customer service. And that's our fantastic friends at Farm Bureau. Charlie, I hope you slept well last night. I did. Got home late after the postgame show. Um, had to um, kind of decompress a little bit. Sat on the couch. Looked at Twitter which was probably not the smartest thing to do. But I did not look at any of the Facebook groups. I can tell you that right now. But uh, just kind of watched uh, a little bit of the college football wrap-up. I was like, you know what? Looked up a few Bible verses about anger and uh, dismay. But uh, anyway, I uh, feel a little zen this morning. How you doing? No, you don't. No, I don't. quit acting like it. Uh, that was the phoniest effort that I've seen out of you to be half full. I've told everybody, you're the half-emptiest guy I've ever met. And you were trying to mask it right there, and that's okay. I understand because now and then you have to put on a brave face and just go do what you got to do. I I went back. You asked a question last night on the post-game show, and that was we always have our vital stat of the game. And you asked what was the vital stat. And I thought about it, and I thought about it. And I still am sticking with my answer. I don't know which is I don't have the first clue. I don't really know because I, I feel like, and you made a comment last night when we were talking as we were leaving the studio, and that is we got a lot of issues in a lot of places. And I was reading last night on Twitter like you, and I'm looking to see what people are saying the problem is, and I kind of come up with yes. Yeah, I think, um, I think everybody's, <laughs> I think everybody's right. In a lot of different areas right now. And as I was leaving a studio last night, I'm trying to sit there and think, and, you know, we're fans like everybody else. And then the first thing you try to do from a leadership standpoint is you try to pinpoint something to start with. Where do you start to fix it? Do you start on the offensive side? Do you start with your offensive line? Do you start with Wide receivers, do you start with down tackles? Do you start with linebackers? Do you start with defense? Do you start with a punt team? And I, I, I thought about this last night, Charlie, and it was – and I was <laughs> – the thing that aggravated me – well, I had a lot of things that uh, that caused some con- concern last night and consternation. But – and I brought this up on the postgame show about – I guess it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. You know, it's almost like uh, – <laughs> Sometimes when the when stuff doesn't go right in in the in game or in stadium, you know the video board may go out and you know the music may not play right and you have all kind of crazy things going on and then you know somebody walks in the meeting and says, "Daggum, we ran out of mustard." You know what I'm saying? Last night was the night that I ran out of mustard, and <laughs> and the reason I say that is I picked the smallest thing to get aggravated about in the post game show. I was thinking about that. I was laughing at myself. 
But I go back to it. Last, well, I know exactly what you're talking about la- from last night because you had done a pretty good job of reining it all in, and then, oh, then we started going through penalties, and we we hit the uh, we hit the sweet spot for you. Well, first of all, we in the first drive we had the ball for five plays, and of course we had already scored the touchdown, and then they come right back down and you know warm butter and uh, score the touchdown and tied at seven, and then we have our first offensive drive. And it lasted five plays. And we moved. We actually got a first down, didn't we? I think we did. Yeah, we did. We got a first down. But we had three false starts in the first drive. And I was going through there, and I was actually going to pick on, you know, the false starts and the legal, you know, and a legal man downfield and the legal formation, which should never happen. But it does happen. But the thing that I landed on last night that sent me through the daggum roof is on a fourth down and nine, in the second half, fourth down and nine. We're talking about this coming after a third down and nine, and you throw an incomplete pass. This is not third and nine. You get two yards or seven yards, and it sets up fourth and two, and you've got a decision to make. There is no decision to be made here. It goes from third and nine to fourth and nine, and we get a delay game penalty on the punt team. We know what goes on on the sideline, or what usually goes on on the sideline on third down. Everybody get up. Hey, punt team ready. Got to get the special teams ready, punt team ready. And then you throw an incomplete pass on third down and nine. And then we walk out there as a punt team and have zero urgency, and you get a five-yard false start penalty. And I know what people are thinking right now. I know what, you know, hey, Bart, man, we got a lot more issues than the daggum punt team walking out. And you are absolutely right. But to me, that was a sign or one of the signs of something ain't right when the punt team can't walk out there after an incomplete pass on fourth down to nine and get a daggum punt off in 25 seconds. Now, I will say this. You, you, you could say, well, I mean, we're only punting it for about a 35-yard average. 38, let's be fair. 38? We didn't, we, it was any, no, none of those were down inside the 20, so it's not like we're intentionally punting short. I think we're still punting those waterlogged balls, Charlie. And I'm not trying to be negative this morning. I'm not. Um but um, I don't know where to start. That's that's the thing. I mean, if, if you're the head coach, where do you start? And 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 I don't know the answer uh, because I, I find myself. You know, I woke up one day and I told somebody that just for today I disagree. And I was just. It didn't matter what you said. I disagree. Are you disagreeing with me already? No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually the opposite today. I agree. I agree with. Basically everything. And, you know, but I'm going to give you, well, let me ask you this. When you look at it, what is it, you know, you read the things on Twitter just like I do, and, and I'm not picking on Twitter. It could be anywhere. Um, what is it? What is it? What I guess the first thing to know is where you start is what's the problem. The answer is I think there's a lot. And which is the most important? I don't know. I think some that are the most important can't be fixed in the short term. Right, so you then have to say, all right, what are my problems and which are fixable on a short-term basis? I'm going to tell you, I think we have a problem. You know, in baseball, we talk about you need hitting at the bottom of the order. All right, obviously you need your stars. You need your cleanup hitter. You need your three-hole guy. You need your big pitching. But sometimes you just need a middle reliever. I think we tend to focus a lot on stars in football. 
and I don't mean like recruiting stars. I'm talking about the big players. Look, Jet Johnson's given you enough. Buki Watson's given you enough. Are there plays they miss? Yeah, sure. But those guys are giving you what they need to. They're being stars. DCAM is playing better. But then you get into the question of what are we doing in the middle of the order? You're what are talking, we doing at the bottom of the order? What's the middle of the lineup like? You know, to me, to who exemplifies that player, what you're talking about in the past 15 years is Matt Wells. Remember Matt Wells? Yeah, absolutely. The outside linebacker from South Mississippi. You know, he wasn't an NFL guy. He wasn't all SEC. But, man, he was a big part. He was he was that number six, seven guy on your defense. And he was he was just a player. He was just a player that made everybody around him. He made the stars better, and he made the bottom better. And I, I, he's almost like a tweener, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Just a really good college player. And so I, I think we're really at a point where we got to raise the middle, if that makes sense at all. And one of the things I'm concerned about is offensive line play because I just don't see us getting better right now, and I don't know the why. I don't know if it's we got to upgrade talent. I don't know if it's we're not doing a good enough job coaching. I don't know. There's just a lot that goes into it, but I think we can tell this. It isn't working. And so then I ask myself, did the air raid mask that many deficiencies? Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you think it masked – especially offensive line play, because instead of asking to do, you know, two or three different kinds of things, instead of run blocking, instead of pulling, you're asking a guy to do one thing, and that's it. And and two, I thought one of the things about the air raid is even though the players and coaches would tell you it was not simple, it was a simple offense compared to most offenses in college sports or in the in the, in the NFL. And that's what that's the knock on the air raid is people will say, well, that's why it hasn't put a lot of NFL quarterbacks in play because it's it is a different philosophy. Now, and going back to my original point, I think I think everybody's right. I think every I think right now, and you brought up a point about about Buki about Jet, and uh, you know Woody Marks he got hurt. I don't think this is a football team that has quit. I think there's a huge difference in a team that has quit and a team that is trending downward. Are we trending up? No. I mean, hey, you look back, the best win we got on our schedule right now is Arizona. They won their seventh game last night. But we're not trending up at all. We're trending down. And I think if you say, hey, right now we're not being coached well, okay, there's a lot of people out there probably saying that, or there's a lot of people out there saying that. And if you look at last night with some of the things, with some of the penalties, and like I said, getting a punt team out there on fourth down, you know, there's probably a little bit of right. If somebody says, hey, we don't have the talent, um, you look out there, you see some of the angles that uh, some of our defensive guys were running last night. We, you know, bless our heart, we're playing what we got. But are we as talented as, as we've been in the past? Probably not. So if you're saying you're not, we're not as talented, you're probably right. If you said, "How do you how do you get there?" I mean, do you blame the the previous, you know, recruiting staff and how that was broken down and about how the decisions were made by off the field coaches about who you could recruit and guys who actually worked in the recruiting office not even allowed in recruiting meetings. And then 
You had guys who never played the game before trying to make analytical decisions about who you offer. And an assistant coach couldn't make that offer. Is that one of the contributing reasons to why you're not as talented? Probably so. Okay. And then the flip side of that, you know, if you're if you're an apologist, okay, how many teams are going to be successful with their starting quarterback and their top running back, who's one of the top half of the league, and those guys are injured? And then one guy who is going to be your best or one of your best defensive tackles out for the year. Another guy before the season starts is out you know, for most of the year, and maybe he hasn't played yet. I mean, can you deal with those injuries when you don't have that middle as you're talking about? Can people say, man, we got some built-in excuses? Yeah, you're probably right. It seems like everybody's right about everything. Am I wrong? No, I think you were right. Hey! And I also think this. We don't look like a lot of our opponents do. I think anytime you're in this situation, you you got to take it apart. You know, you got to take the car completely apart, examine every nut, bolt, nick, and cranny, right? In nook and cranny, excuse me. Being the Nanawoya boy, I will never correct you on anything to do with pronunciation. It's one of those mornings, but you, you got to look at everything. And I think one of the things you got to look at is: Are we getting bigger, faster, stronger? Are our players from day one? to the day they end. And now that goes back to that's one of those things you can't fix that. If we aren't big enough, if we aren't fast enough, if we aren't strong enough because we haven't done what we need to do development-wise, we can't fix that in a week. Can't fix that in two weeks. And the bottom line, we're going to have a team coming in here in 10, 11 days. You know, we're kind of focused on Southern, but there's another one right behind it. And I get what happened to them over in Athens last night. I think what that shows, by the way, brief detour, Georgia's really, really good. They've played four straight games against teams. They're trending up. Yeah. They're getting better. Alabama is trending up. Big time. Auburn. Hey, you know, we like to make fun of the pastor. They're trending up. I mean, there are some teams that are trending up. We're not, uh, we're not there. We're not in that category. No, but look, Ole Miss is, they're still playing for a 10 win season. They're not going to go to the championship game. Who knows what sort of drama is going to get thrown into things. But it's a team that's got to get bigger in us and faster and stronger, and you can't do that in a week and a half. By the way, can you imagine ever being in a situation where we find ourselves today, at least our friends out in Texas do, where you wake up and you have won a football game 51-10 to 10 and you were getting rid of your coach? And then, can we go a step further? Can you imagine yourself in a situation where you are firing a coach and the athletic director who bid against himself to keep said coach, who was already making $75 million over 10 years, who nobody but nobody but nobody in college football, the NFL, or anywhere else was coming to take from you, extends him three years, and raises his pay by over $2 million a year. Ross Bjorg made what is a $35 million, possible, 40? close to $45 million mistake when you look at how the contract is structured. How on earth are they talking about getting rid of Jimbo Fisher and they're not talking about the guy, you know, the Einstein who put them in that situation? How, how do you do that? Was it the president, the chancellor, was it Ross? Is Ross calling the shots? Is it the Board of Regents? Is it Jimmy Sexton just whipping them over the head 
And, and okay, I, can I say this? And I mean this in the most Christian way possible because I did read the prayer this morning from the from the book of James, talking about being nice and doing away with my anger. And this is not any anger because I've met Jimmy Sexton twice. Okay. And both times I left the conversation saying, I like that guy. You know, I mean, he he comes across as a just, you know, he's a wheeler dealer, don't get me wrong. But I, I, I was like, you know what, I like that guy. And I think if you talk to a lot of athletic directors and a lot of people in college sports, they actually like Jimmy. They like Jimmy Sexton. I spent one day, by the way, I spent about 15 minutes with Jimmy Sexton one day. And it just happened to be the day that one of his clients, Nick Saban, and another of his clients, Jimbo Fisher, were having their public war of words <laughs> uh, going after each other. But, I, man, think about this. Seventy-five-plus million dollars, there's no mitigation clause. And what a mitigation clause is, it basically says, if you go get another job, we don't owe you what you're making. That comes off what we owe you. Is Jimmy Sexton the guy that ruined college sports? No. Oh, I'm, I'm just – I mean, hey, you can't blame an agent. I mean, they're getting whatever they can for players. I mean, for coaches. But But I will say this. It's a real difficult look for the NCAA right now. That's what I'm to saying. To say that we can't afford to pay our athletes, that they're going to be amateurs and we can't pay them and we don't have the money, when now just one school, they paid what, Sumlin, $10 million to go away? $9.5 million not to coach? The previous record to pay a coach to get rid of was Auburn and Gus Malzahn, 20-some-odd million. By the way, boy, the Gus bus was rolling yesterday. Yes. And the Gus bus is about to make some money, too. Yes, he is. And But think about this. $20 million, 25, I don't somewhere in that range, was what he was paid to go away. This is more than triple. More than triple that amount. Nearly four times what he got to go away. I think somebody had done the breakdown I saw, and it's like 200000 a day yeah. over the rest of his career. And so today, my singular focus I'm not going to be paying attention to the women's broadcast that we'll be doing in a little bit. I'm going to be checked out on you because my one goal in life is to secure a contract like that and get fired. <laughs> we all want to get fired as I far mean, as, if you have that contract, if you have that contract. So, well, um, hey, this is Sunday Coffee, and we are brought to you by our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew on High, Spring Street and Highway 12, that's the original had a big line this morning. They were selling a bunch of coffee at Strange Brew. And they're also in Tupelo at Brupolo. Churning Spoon Ice Cream as well here in the Starkville. And then they're also open in Tuscaloosa. And so Strange Brew Coffee House. Make Strange Brew a part of your day to start your day if you live in one of those three places. But go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they can ship you this great coffee that I'm drinking this morning. I'm back with my blueberry cobbler-flavored coffee. I don't like the pumpkin spice. I mean, some of you folks out there love pumpkin spice. I'm not a pumpkin spice type guy. Can you believe that, Charlie? I bet no. you had me bet you had me pegged as a pumpkin spice guy. I'm not. But you if you are, you can get it at Strange Brew Coffee House. But go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship you the mugs, they'll ship you the coffee, and it's a great stocking stuffer because Christmas time is a month away. I don't eat pumpkin. I'm darn sure not gonna drink it. I have raised pumpkins before, but it was all decorative, you know, to put on your front porch. 
And so we're also brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sauces. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi down in Florence. A big butcher shop. Oh, a nice new butcher shop down at Country Meat Packers. And so go to countrypleasing.com or shop for Country Pleasing at all these great grocery stores in the southeast. And they also sell it at great restaurants around the south, especially in the city of New Orleans. All right, Charlie. Can we talk about something else a moment? Sure. Can we talk about basketball, please? Well, I didn't know when you wanted to make that pivot. I mean, I'm I'm ready you for know, the pivot. Think about this. We're, we're both. I called you a phony earlier, but think about how we used to always start the show. We don't talk basketball, <laughs> and that had a lot to do with where I thought our program was, and I just didn't want to talk about it. But ultimately, look, the reason that so many people, I think, fell in love with women's basketball. Obviously, look, Sharon Fanning had done a great job been taking the program from nothing to where it was. But the reason so many people got behind the Vic Schaefer teams was they played hard. And I know everybody gets tired of the blue collar, you know, kind of thing. I've never worn a blue collar in my life. Most of our fans haven't. But we do like to be tough. We do like to have an edge about us. And I think Mississippi State fans appreciate a team that plays hard. I think that's why people like that team. If you can't like a Chris Jans coach team, I, I can't help you, man, because this guy puts – how on earth, when you think of all the stereotypes of a college basketball player and this guy gets his team to play this consistently hard day in, day out, it's phenomenal. And here's what he did last year. He took a team that couldn't throw it in the ocean. Last, not, not one single team worse shooting three-pointers than us. In the country. Yeah, anywhere. Like 300-and-something teams. And now, what does he do? He adds Trey Fort. Trey Fort yesterday was limited in minutes because of foul trouble. Three out of four from three-point range. He adds Josh Hubbard. Five out of eight from three-point range. This is a team that's got something. And then I'll add this. Tolu, look, Tolu being gone is still a big deal. But the question is, what can you put together behind him? And if you want to look at Jimmy Bell and Guy Cholu played great yesterday, if you want to look at those two together in the ball game at the five spot, you combine for 18 points, 18 rebounds, and my favorite, eight out of eight at the free throw line. If you got to be down a guy, that's how you fill in a gap. And to bring it back to football, that's what we haven't been doing, right? The whole next man up mentality hasn't worked in football. I get it. It's UT Martin. We weren't playing the Lakers. But still, it doesn't matter who you're playing. you got to go make some free throws. Well, we did the same thing to Arizona State the other night. I mean, that was a tournament team, and they lost some guys. But they were they were, they were some big dudes, the tall dudes. Here's what, in going back, the blue-collar mentality, as you said, that quote-unquote, I thought Coach Sherrill did a good job of starting that in the 1990s. Now, did we, you know, do we have some times during his tenure where we were not as tough? Yeah. Same with Dan. When Dan came in early on, we established physicality. And that's what we've done here in basketball. They play hard. They've established physicality. But here's one thing that stands out to me, Charlie. Just because you're physical doesn't mean that you force turnovers. I mean, we only forced 11 turnovers in the game. But every shot that a team takes just wears you down. 
They shot 12% behind the three-point line. They were 11 of 25 behind the three-point line. They shot 33%. No, no, no. They were 3 of 25. That's what I say. You said 11 of 25. Excuse me. They were 3 of 25. 3 of 25. They were 3 of 25 behind the three-point line for 12%. They were 33% from the field, 21 of 63. And what happens in basketball is when you're defended hard early and you make – then all of a sudden when you end up with an open shot, you can't make the open shot because you're trying to force it too much because you're like, oh, my goodness, I got an open shot. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And so it's just relentless, and it just wears on you. And you kept on waiting for the moment, and that's what you're going to see in basketball this year is there are going to be times when the game is tight at halftime. And it may be tight five minutes deep. And, hey, we're going to lose some basketball games. We're not going to go 35-0. I mean, last team did that was a Bob Knight coach team a long time ago. But we're going to be the type of team that has a seven-point lead five minutes deep in the second half, and you're going to look up and it's 16 because somebody's just going to crack. And that's well, what happened to UT Martin yesterday. They finally cracked. Well, to that point, in the first half, we played ten guys four more minutes. And so we were getting, even early in the ball game, you look up and we're four minutes into the game and you've got a completely different lineup on the floor. Do you give up a little bit? Yeah, sure. But it goes back to the point of you've got the guys ready to go at the end. So I think this Mississippi State men's basketball team is going to be fun to watch. They're going to have their days. They're going to have their days when they're frustrated. I think, though, getting – Boy, you just hope you get Tolu back. Um, flip the page a little minute. We're going to do uh, women's basketball later today. I don't know where they are. Uh, we hadn't played anybody yet. Yeah, Alcorn was was not good at all. Um, we didn't shoot it well against Alcorn, which is kind of crazy, especially from the outside. Southeastern Louisiana, we won by 21 the other night. I mean, that was a one-point game at the half. We did not play well in the first half of that game. But made a big, some big adjustments at halftime. Made some adjustments at halftime. Played well in the second half. Kind of overwhelmed them in the second half. And so, you know, we've just kind of out-athleted people in the first two games of women's basketball, and should today, and then should again on Wednesday. You've got two games this week in women's basketball. Play Jacksonville State today at two o'clock, and then New Orleans at eleven a.m. on Wednesday. And so we got. That'll put a dent in the work week. Then what, uh, Tuesday we've got men's basketball. North Alabama comes in. That's the next game for the men. And then, hey, the next um, the next test for the men's basketball will be next Saturday, same exact time we're playing football. It'll be an 11 a.m. start, 11 a.m. Central time start up in uh, Uncasville, Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun. You ever been there? I have not been to the Mohegan Sun. My kids have been there, but I have never been there. My daughters went to a UConn game up there a couple years ago. I went and watched us play UConn up there the year before we went to the Final Four, and that wasn't pretty, the women's team. Was it at the Mohegan Sun? No, it was a that was was Hartford. NCAA regional. Wasn't that in Hartford? I think so. It was somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, no, we're going to go up there. They're going to play Saturday at 11, and then they play either Northwestern or Rhode Island on Sunday. And so Neil will be here doing uh, football, so I've got to go up and do the basketball broadcast on the radio. So I've been Googling, trying to figure out what to do outside of uh, the Mohegan Sun, whether it be riding the train up to Boston. You can go down to New London, catch a train, go down to the city maybe. But uh, anyway, I'll probably just hang out at the hotel. All right. All right, let's wrap this thing up. 
and as we do, though, I want to hit on football one more minute here. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk, a lot of speculation. I got no idea what's going to happen. I got no idea what kind of team we're going to see on Saturday. But I, I was telling my kids today, you don't understand how bad Southern Miss wants to beat us. Yes. You don't understand. And the people our age will. When I was a kid, we used to play Southern Miss in Jackson every year. And we would go down there and Sammy Winder and Reggie Collier and Lewis Lips, and you could go on them. They just – they would beat us up. You talk about blue collar and bring your lunch pail and, boy, you'll know you played them and all those things. Southern used to – they were masters at taking the guy who was an inch too short, 15 pounds too light, and then playing like it was their Super Bowl and just beating us to death. My defining memory as a kid of the Southern Miss game, they had a defensive lineman, I think his name was Richard Bird, was basically him standing over our quarterback celebrating a sack, basically the entire football game. <laughs> just beat us senseless. They are not that team. This is not Reggie Collier. This isn't Adelius Thomas, <laughs> T.J. Slaughter. The man I had, hey, Patrick Sertain, senior. I mean, they had some defensive dudes back in the 90s. Yeah, this isn't the Bobby Collins days, that's for sure. But it's a team that's going to want to beat us. And if we show up and we treat them like they're Western Kentucky and we treat them like they're Southeastern Louisiana, it's going to be a bad old day for Mississippi State football. Yeah, we're going to, going to figure out a lot. Do you know who's always performed and never tailed off like the Southern Miss program has? That's Cannon Ford. I mean, when they when they bought the dealership a few years ago, the old start with Ford out just east of town on Highway 182, they have been steady Eddie, even through COVID. They had to deal with the, the car shortage, with the chips and all that, but now they've got a lot full of cars, and they're looking to deal on newer used cars. Call our good friend Chris Keene and his staff out there at uh, Cannon Ford. Go by the body shop. They can fix up any any dent in the bumper or broken out tail light or need to change out the glass the, the truck was driving down 55 the other day and spitting pea gravel out and all of a sudden it breaks your windshield also the service center they've opened the service center now on saturdays on saturday morning if you need to get your oil changed your tires rotated a spray in bed liner all that good stuff go by and see our friends at cannon Ford of Startwell. And also, Charlie, we're brought to you on Sunday by our good friends at Howard Computers. Howard Technology Solutions is down in Ellisville, Mississippi. I went to a new plant opening a week and a half ago down equipment for their transformers, but they have made a big dent in the technology world as well. So go to howardcomputers.com to see how this Mississippi company can help your business, whether you're looking for laptops, just desktop computers, printers, Anything to do with technology, give our guys a call at Howard Technology Solutions at howardcomputers.com. Hey, I tell you this, I've gotten great reviews of the new club level of basketball at the hump. Got the club level seats and the new club level there on the west side of the arena. Hey, the hump, you know, the, the new grand entrances. And it's, hey, I've always said, I always thought traveling around the country, and I've seen some great basketball arenas. I've always thought the interior of the hump to watch a basketball game. And I've sat in the top row of the arena in the corner. As a kid growing up, I've sat in the upper deck a bunch. There's really not a bad seat in the place. 
No, not at all. I've been in those seats too. We did have a stoppage of play the other night. (laughs) So for the women's game, if anybody saw this, they were set to tip off. And uh, what's the official's name? Gina Cross? Yeah, Gina Cross. Gina Cross basically calls out the mops. And so one guy goes out with a mop. She looks at the other end, brings their mops. Then we got Jimmy U out there with towels, and, you know, everybody's trying to clean the thing up. Apparently, we had the the smoke machines machines in the scoreboards that turned that thing into an ice rink. (laughs) Yeah, I called called Gina over about, uh, what, three or four minutes in the game. I said, Gina, what was going on out there? Was it the smoke machine? She said, yeah, it was almost like Disney on ice out here. (laughs) So... (laughs) So we got to work on that. Hey, by the way, Red Panda is back. Are you a Red Panda fan? She was there yesterday, right? Yeah, and she'll be back. Sam Purcell and Jimmy Yu were out there helping her. Really? Yeah, we'll see if Chris Jans makes a cameo today. I'm going to bet against it. I saw the Red I saw Red Panda at a Dallas Mavericks game. I've seen Red Panda at you know the Red Panda is she's the lady on the on the unicycle that throws the bowls on top of her head. And everybody, everybody goes crazy about the balls on top of her head. I mean, at what point in your life do you wake up one day and you say, "I need a gimmick, I need something I can do." Uh, she, the day I'm you fig- get a unicycle, the day you figure out how you can put magnets in the bottom of a bowl, and I'm going to throw. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, surely to goodness, there's got to be magnets in the bowl. Got to. <laughs> I saw, I saw Red Panda at an NBA game. It wasn't the Grizzlies. And it wasn't New Orleans at a San Antonio Spurs game. The San Antonio Spurs. I saw the San Antonio Spurs and the Dallas Mavericks one night. Hey, we could do a show on like halftime entertainment. Remember, the, and I think the guy died, the old changing dresses lady. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they threw the curtain up. And she, I mean, she was a lot bigger when it started. I mean, you could tell they were just ripping dresses off. You know, they they throw the, they throw the big uh, the, the drape up, and all of a sudden she comes back down. She was wearing a red dress, and now she's wearing a blue dress, and she's dancing out there. So you made me think of something though when you're talking about the Spurs. So if you've heard Anthony Craven when he announces opposing lineups in in our games, it, when he's announcing, say Kentucky, it'll be Coach John Calipari, you know, number four Antoine Walker, what have you. But the guy that was at Miami had the the, it was great because I remember they were playing the Spurs in the playoffs in just the absolute contempt in his <laughs> voice. And now the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, just, just this contempt all built in there. I've told you about the best PA guy I've ever heard. No, oh, who's that? Guy at Lehigh. We were in Lehigh one year, and the guy at the at the Lehigh women's basketball game he sounded just like Bob Shepard, who used to be the PA guy of the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees. I mean, I'm talking about just like Bob Shepard. And I walked up to him, and I says, I know you've heard this before, but you sound just like Bob Shepard. And he was like, yeah, that's kind of my shtick. You know, and it, I mean, he was probably 75 years old, and he was good. And, and if I, you don't know Bob Shepard, they, they used to call him the voice of God. Oh, yeah. I mean, now batting for the Yankees. Derek. And that's what I told him. I said, man – if you will end my phone, say now batting for the Yankees, Bart Gregory. I would, you know, are you? Hey, man, I just want you to record my voicemail. <laughs> That's what I want you to do. Have you ever been to a game at West Lounge? No, you know, but so I, you get in some of these high schools, 
and they'll start doing play-by-play. Well, I've done a many a high school football broadcast with the guys doing the play-by-play standing right beside me over the PA. Oh, yeah. I did that at West Lounge, and it was uh, third and a lot, a lot, a lot of yards. <laughs> so <laughs> we had that. Yeah, it was down at Nanawoya where the officials once basically told the PA announcer one more word, and he was going to be flagged because he made some comment about he hadn't seen that many flags since the LSU game the day before or something. There had been a lot of controversy. And there's a quick timeout <laughs> and a point at the box. <laughs> All right, Mississippi State football. Well, this is the podcast from now on that does talk, talk basketball. basketball. And, uh, hey, listen, if you want to dress right for basketball games, we always talk about this during football season, but if you want to look good for the basketball, the new hump, Go to Maroon and Company, the Cotton Mill Marketplace, right by Chick-fil-A, close to campus. If you forget something, you're like, hey, gummit, I want to look nice walking in this place. Go to Maroon and Company. Go to maroonandco.com, and they'll ship it to you, or you can go in the store, use the promo code NIL10, NIL10. you get 10% off uh, your purchase, and then another 5% of that will come to the Bulldog Club, Bulldog Initiative. They will come to the Bulldog Initiative. And so a big supporter of the Bulldog Initiative, and that's our good friends at Maroon and Company. All right, Charlie, let's get out of here. Let's go talk a little bit about basketball. Who are we playing today? I'll know when we get there. All right. Hey, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Tracks Plus with uh, three locations, Hickory, Mississippi, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and now in Bessemer, Alabama as well. Go to TraxPlus.com for your heavy machinery needs. Maroon and Company, go to MaroonandCo.com. Type in the code NIL10. Country Pleasing Sausage, Howard Technology Solutions. Go to HowardComputers.com. Canon Ford of Startwell. Nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody. Startwell.org, the Startwell CVB. Two Brothers Smoke Meets. We had our two players that could smoke you on Friday in a deep dig. And so, once again, Bank First. Go to Bank First FS for all your banking needs. Go by and see Moat Griffin and all of his uh, great bank presidents throughout Mississippi and the state of Alabama as well. So go to BankFirstFS.com. Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.